my freaking tits? On my freaking tits? And you're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we and our freaking tits suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian. It, it, wait, hold on. Yep. My turn to go get the door. With me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. Corky, get us some drinks. Get drinks. <laughs> Damn. You're the Tomcat of our group. <laughs> so true. I'm so Tomcat. Hi, everyone. On this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them using our unique system. Run-of-the-mill bad film, we rate that a dare. The truly, truly atrocious movies get a double dare, and the reverse dare goes to a despised movie that we actually kind of like. Today on the podcast, we're reviewing Deadly Attraction. Mm. We're also going to read some movie dares sent in by our listeners. But before we get started, we're going to talk about some drinky poos. Let's go get drinks. Yes, Quirky. I decided usually we do a beer, we do a spirit. I decided it'd be fun to make up a cocktail in conjunction with this movie, inspired by the movie. So maybe this will be a, a new bit going forward. This week's I mean, it's cocktail, a bit I've been doing since, I don't right? know, since we began, but whatever. <laughs> Well, sure, the the drinking part, but the conceptual, yeah. the, that whole element of it is, uh, this is brand new. This is new no, sure. yeah. That was just drinking in a vacuum. So inspired <laughs> by the protagonist of this week's film, Mark, a.k.a. Worst Human Ever, r- real or fictional. In this case, thank God, fictional, but holy shit. So inspired by Mark, I have created a cocktail called The Demon Child, it is, of course, made with whiskey because everyone drinks in this movie, but we have no idea what they drink except one character asks for whiskey. So I knew it had to have whiskey. Of course, it's gotcha. Mark, so you got to have Maker's Mark bourbon in there. The Sweet. guy's a screwball, uh, which is a fun way of saying uh, incestuous rapist. <laughs> Edible. Uh, yeah, a little edible. He's like, edible screwball. So I put in <laughs> some screwball peanut butter whiskey. So I said, let's make this kind of a scumbag PB&J. We got the peanut butter whiskey. We got all the sweetness. I threw grenadine in there. I put a little Luxardo in there for the cherry flavor. A dash of berry-flavored bitters, a dash of orange bitters, and a dash of cinnamon-flavored bitters. And all of it, I think, kind of comes together to give it that. It has a red color, like all of the drinks inexplicably do in the movie. And it is very sweet. It's kind of peanut buttery. It's kind of berry. I think it's a fun Mm. little drink. The Demon Child. I'm liking this barnyard creation. People, this is a barnyard original. This it's a is a true barnyard original. Yeah, it's I, very sweet, which of course it would kind of have to be. But I think uh, I did a little uh, R&D with the wife last night. Mm-hmm. We real dialed in the flavors. Whoa, thank, that's getting a little private. Dan. Thank God uh, for making that sacrifice, sweetie. I mean, I know that was rough. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's a pretty good balanced little beverage. And of course, we got a cherry in there and a little uh, orange peel as well. I like the description of a scumbag PB&J because that just <laughs> describes me eating my PB&Js <laughs> on a train yard. Anywho. Corky, dares. Our listeners got them. Yep. We need them. And if you slip us a little something in there, you never know what could happen. Ryan L. Terry, a.k.a. Professor Horror, for example, E.G., 
He's been daring us things right and left. Well, he did dare us to watch Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which yes. pr- almost ended our relationship right there. It, it, it almost destroyed the show. Your blanket dismissal of that film, that fine film. I've made several mea culpas. <laughs> he's he's mea culpa. You've mea culpa. You've finally brought him back, but he has not been able to get another Darren Shore until he put a little something something in the box, if you know what I mean. And he is now... At the top of the line with, what do you got, Ryan Terry? He's got Spookies. Spookies. Spookies from 1986. It's a cult horror film. It is directed by Eugenie Joseph, Brendan Faulkner, and Thomas Doran. It stars your boy, Felix Ward, Uh my girl, Maria Pachukas, and Dan Scott. Not the Dan Scott that I know. Why? For the love of God, Ryan, Professor Horror, did you dare us to watch Spookies? He says, this is the criminally underrated, obscure, schlocky movie that delivers everything you wanted, and even that which you didn't know you needed out of a horror B-movie. Prepare to witness a monstrous creature effects extravaganza, a sheer spectacle of love for the American horror film. There is so much to talk about here because of the mind-blowing special practical creature effects and the troublesome production, how multiple directors, a historic location, and a monster a minute make this a must-see for horror fans. It's possibly the most lovable hot mess of a horror movie ever, and you will love every second of it. And Ryan is going the extra mile because he's actually mailing us the Blu-ray because this movie is very hard to find. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's delivering. Not only dropping a little cha-ching, cha-ching, he's sending it to us. Love but it. with his dare uh, telling us that it's the most lovable hot mess of a horror movie ever and that we'll love every second of it, there's there's nowhere we can go but just love every second of this. Well, there's we're no gonna way to. we're going to. I'm going to disappoint him again. <laughs> you can't. How could you? Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much, Ryan. And now, our feature presentation Deadly Attraction, AKA 365 Days. This movie was dared to us by Gunnar Pearson. Uh, I like to think he took his namesake, just loaded up a cannon full of cash, got one of those like money guns that you see at the ball game when they come around <laughs> and they just spray out money and stuff. Money guns, sure. And just sprayed cash, made it rain all over our just, uh, PayPal. Mm, 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 mm. Getting that dare to the top of our dare queue, his dare says, hey guys. Did you know that there is another horrible movie out there called 365 Days? Well, now you do. Renamed Deadly Attraction by some distributors, it is one of the strangest bad movies you will ever see. And, much like that other 365 Days movie you guys watched, the leading man in this movie is the worst person ever. (laughs) I I think the director was going for a ripoff of American History X, but failed due to a combination of horrible dialogue, terrible pacing non-existent character development, and the most inconsistent tone I have ever seen in a movie. Mm. Be prepared for domestic abuse and incest, (laughs) the movie. I am so sorry. (laughs) The IMDb synopsis for Deadly Attraction, a.k.a. 365 Days, from the writer himself. (laughs) So fucking amazing. This is about a certain year. How things could go from bad to worse within a year. We focus mostly on a guy's life, in parentheses, Mark Fisher, and how his life affected others within that period of time. Just how bad does a person have to be before the Lord intervenes and puts a stop to it? Problems have to be given immediate attention to avoid future escalations. Mark Fisher uses his devilish tactics to turn his mom, in parentheses, Laura Fisher, 
against his dad, parentheses, Kenneth Fisher, by subduing him with his weaknesses. Knowledgeable people live their lives knowing 365 days is only around the corner, <laughs> while foolish people live their lives thinking it is forever. Oh, it does either of those things. <laughs> a day spent is a day lost. Once your 365 days are gone, they can never be retrieved. That so much. And that's when the writer himself <laughs> gives you just the merest inkling about how fucking mm-hmm. nutballs this mm-hmm. movie is. Like, how about the fact that the names of the characters are in parentheses and not like the actors? It's That's like a weird touch in a movie with so much incest. Yes, Deadly Attraction. Kind of one of the easiest jobs I've ever had putting together a uh, intro for the show because there are no entries on Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, <laughs> Box Office Mojo, or Wikipedia. Here's what we know. It was originally called 365 Days. It was written and directed by Meniti T. Ajaye, who also, Quirky, I don't know if you knew this, plays Trigger. the role of Trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not Roy Rogers' horse, although no. he's not treated any better. He plays uh, Trigger, the character who's scared to use a gun. <laughs> stars. <laughs> it stars Matt O'Neill. Daniela Torcha and Jamie Bernadette. The release date is alternately listed as 2011, 2014. It had a 2011 copyright. Budget, so I don't know where the fuck I got this, estimated at $250,000. Who the fuck are $250,000 in this movie? Besides Timster. Uh, <laughs> it is listed on IMDb as a TV miniseries. It's felt that long, but it's a 108-minute movie available on Tubi where it features... An actually comprehensible synopsis, which is, quote, after driving, I mean, well, it's spoiler alerts in this quote, after driving his father to suicide, a troubled youth seeks forgiveness from his mother and sister in this adaptation of the classic edible myth. That's not really what happens, though. Nope. Nope. <laughs> not fucking really. Corky. Uh, yeah. About a year or so ago, we reviewed a little film called 365 Days, which I just heard is has two sequels. Yeah. Coming out soon. So gear up for that. We now have another movie called 365 Days. And it is really concerned with these 365 Days. Sort of. <laughs> not really. <laughs> That's such a weird thing about this movie. But the thing that unites these two films, which are very, very different, they star a person who is the worst person. Yes, and he's yeah, the absolutely. worst person, Paolo, in 365 Days, and Mark. Yeah. I'm Mark from this film. You may say to yourself, it is physically impossible or it breaks the rules of physics that <laughs> two people can be the worst at something. No, right. no. These two are the worst people on the planet. Well, Corky, you've kind of uh, you've spoiled my question to you, which mm. is... You got to have a beer with one of these dudes. Oh, wow. You got to just have a beer and a convo for about 40 minutes with one of these dudes. Who are you picking? Who is like the worst person to be around? (laughs) Who are the least worst of the worst? Okay, so so Mark. Let's just take take Mark because I just spent some time with Mark here. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. just a kook. He's a knock around guy. You know, he's going to have some fun with you chopping it up, drinking oh, a beer. Boy, sure. <laughs> he might tell you to answer the door, might <laughs> razz on you for having a girl. Um, so there's that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Then Paolo, 
sex capo of the Sicilian mafia. Sure. <laughs> he's going to take you up to his room, show you his <laughs> painting of him and his lion. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's going to have his Coke girl with the tray of Coke come by, deliver. So, but you got to listen to his fucking music. Oh, and right. That's the, so on one side, you got a guy who won't shut up about his mom and his sister. And then on the other side, you got a guy who just won't shut up with his music. Uh, you know what, Dan? I, I got to say, I'm I'm just, I'm stopping drinking. That's what no I'm doing. No more drinking. I, and yes. just <laughs> I'm renouncing all alcohol if I have to spend any time with either one of these guys. That is a good call. Yes, Mark is the worst. Mark is the worst. And what's so hilarious is, as you kind of alluded to in talking about him, is that his mom and dad, when they are dressing him down, they don't focus on the things that are like really awful. Like at one point, Bob quarters him after like all of these horrible things that have happened. And, been, and it's, she's like, you're never home anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? That's your issue? That's your fucking issue? Like no one has any scale on this. And then he gets forgiven so fucking easily. And then it's, uh, and then it's mom and sister's fault for not be, like forgiving him fast enough. I mean, this movie is appalling absolutely appalling but also just like amazing like you can't even really analyze this movie it's that's how fucking like try to imagine a hybrid of god's not dead yeah the room and darren aronofsky's mother and you still have no fucking clue how that (laughs) shit fucking crazy this movie is early in the film one character says i can't believe this is happening and that is the subtext rolling through every <laughs> single scene, shot, and line of dialogue in this movie. It, it, it's it really nuts. is almost serviced by this Mark being this dead-eyed, mm. I mean, almost ready to Psychopath. flash. Yeah, yes. Literal I psychopath. really felt worried for people on set. <laughs> he had to deliver lines in a jovial way, and it's still... Came across as like, oh, he's really like, going to knife really someone in the upsetting. throat. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He's really committed to the fucking role. Yeah. Uh, it's just, again, there does seem to be some sort of like a moralizing going on here. But it's also like so fucking insane because his friends are alternately like murderers and rapists. And then, but like also just like his, his fun bros. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Right, they rag on each other. Pay your, <laughs> pay your phone bill. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Like it's just absolutely fucking awful. And just the question that gets asked in the in the intro that you read, the very long intro that you read, just how bad does a person have to be before the Lord intervenes and puts a stop to it? It's not at raping your mom. You nope. would have thought, right? You would have yeah, thought if the Lord's going to step in, if there's a Lord and he's stepping in at any point, that would be the point. But no, it's well past that. Well past that. All right, let's get into it. Okay, wait, you're saying it's day one? Corky, is, it's day, day one. This so is day this one. is our first on-screen title. Remember, the movie was called 365 Days, and we're going to roll through the 365 days. Why are some days cataloged? Why are some days not cataloged? Sometimes whole days and weeks go by, and you know, there's no title. The days do not add up. At one point, they say 60 days later, and then it's like, there's like 500 days in this year. You know what I mean? I like, really think. I think that got added later because they'll be saying like, hey, that's that guy from the other night. And when you do the math on the days, it's like, it's like that was two months are you ago. Kidding? You just said 53 days. We oh, also should fuck. say papyrus font, always the good sign. The other I weird mean, thing at what's this movie is so amateurish is that like sometimes it'll say, okay, so in this opening title, it says day one. 
dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is a period and not dot. Sometimes there's five dots. <laughs> sometimes day is capitalized. Sometimes day is not capitalized. Sometimes they say something completely fucking different. It has nothing. But don't sometimes worry. Sometimes the day is spelled out. I cataloged all of them. So don't worry. Oh, yeah. So right now, day one, dot, dot, dot. Simple, unassuming, every family in an every house in every town USA eating their every dinner and watching their every TV. This is or the most uncomfortable. Is it? <laughs> this is the most uncomfortable dinner eating. Oh, weird. The one guy's standing, leaning against the door jam, eating his dinner. One a girl is curled up on her own little love seat, eating dinner. The parents are the, and these are the most sex obsessed oh, parents boy. of all time. Yes, they're eating dinner on the other leather couch, and the dad just goes, "Damn it." <laughs> Line of dialogue. The dad says, "Damn it!" sets down his plate. <laughs> yes, the young man standing and sneering is our sneering protagonist. This is Mark. Again, worst human, worst, worst human. Awful. And right away, you can just tell because he's like looking at the. He's like sneering at his food as he's like eating it. He's sneering yeah. at his parents. He's sneering <laughs> at everyone. He's just a real piece of shit. Mom says to dad because we need to get some plot out real quick. You haven't had a drink in a month. You stopped gambling. And they're just all over each other. They're canoodling. They're making out in front of their kids. Mark leers and sneers. Um, Mom all of a sudden is like, I gotta go go take (laughs) a shower. Gotta go shower. (laughs) Gotta go have my mid-dinner shower. It's so, like, weird. Softcore Red Shoe Diaries type shit all of a sudden. Mom is in a miniskirt and black hose. And she's like, yep, gotta go have my mid-dinner shower. And And Mom and her son, Mark... And it's his real mom. They look about the same age. <laughs> That's his real mom? No. Oh. I mean, oh, not I his gotcha. real I'm mom. Gotcha. But I mean, it's not like dad remarried a younger woman. No, no, no. Not like, which is like your classic Red Shoe Diaries type setup. No, this is your classic Oedipus setup where he wants to have sex with mom straight up. Yes. Mom goes to the shower and uh, uh, Junior, Mark, is like, I'm going to go and creep up on mom in the shower. Dad catches him coming out of the bathroom with his dinner plate on the ground outside of the bathroom door. And it's like, Hey, what are you doing? You know, your mom's in there. Like you just caught him in the act of doing it and are not suspicious somehow. (laughs) I would just say Mark's internet browser history is all about stepmoms getting stuck under couches. (laughs) That's what it is. (laughs) So Mark goes to his room to brood. His sister says, Mark, you're supposed to take you to the movies. And Mark says, Fuck the movies. Fuck you too, slut. Just classic Mark. So <laughs> like that. So this Mark. is like right in the first two fucking minutes of beating him. He's obviously the worst person ever, right? Next intertitle, a week later, dot, dot, dot. And we're in a classroom now. Mark walks in <laughs> to a classroom, walks in late. There are five students in this yes. classroom. They're all asleep. It's and you know they totally did it to where they like set one person in each row just to spread it out to make fill the room. Uh, Mark walks in, sasses up the teacher. Teacher kicks him out, goes out, and he goes to hang out with his friends. Mark's friends. Oh boy, Mark's okay. friends. These guys are all either late twenties or early thirties, yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and they are just hanging around in a, <laughs> a Red Lobster parking lot. <laughs> Just being awful human beings. Yes, they're just fucking around with some girl. They're just fucking around with her. Um, Mark's friends, we'll just list them off. Really, only a couple of them are are noticeably named. 
Um, yeah. The rest of them I had to kind of figure it out from the credits. But there's Timster. Okay. <laughs> I was calling him leader because he's the leader of the gang. Well, and he I keeps didn't telling know... people call me Timster. <laughs> well, I didn't... I didn't hear it till the like near the end of the movie when he meets his dad, and I was just like, his fucking name is Timster. Call him Timster. He He's a badass is. gang leader named Timster. Timster gave off strong Justin Timberlake playing Sean Murphy in the Social Network vibes, <laughs> yes, just like he a, a baby face creepo. Um, yeah. There's also uh, Trigger. Trigger. There is Killer and Slaughter. Yep, Killer and Slaughter. And, of course, there is Tomcat. And Tomcat, <laughs> Tomcat. Tomcat gets drinks. Get Tomcat us some drinks. Tomcat makes the drinks. <laughs> he makes the drinks or gets the drinks. Oh, fuck. Anyway, so, yeah, they're fucking with some girl. They, they come up on her and go, hey, sexy, and they fuck with her. There's now an abrupt cut to Mark's sister sitting uh-huh. at this table talking to a friend. A different guy walks up and goes, hey, sexy. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was a different guy at first. It took a while to figure it out. But this is Marcus. And uh-huh. that is your typical Marcus dialogue. I mean, that is Marcus through and fucking through. So he basically walks up to a stranger, says, hey, sexy. Yep. Inserts himself into her life. She says, sit down. Abrupt cut to title card 20 days later. No punctuation. <laughs> no punctuation at all. And now Marcus is at the house to pick her up. This is the movie. Yes. <laughs> like this is the fucking movie. This okay, so now we're 20 days later than the, when Marcus met Catherine, Mark's sister. The mom opens the door and says, "Oh, you must be here for my daughter." Like, does she just say that to every man who comes? She right doesn't know. We, we have no idea wow. if she knows this man. Does she know anything about that they were going out? <laughs> She doesn't say, oh, hi, Marcus. She says, oh, you must be here for my daughter. You're a man roughly about that age. Yep, you must be here for my daughter. Yeah, yeah, yep. A lot of bed coming through here. Yeah, Marcus uh, goes to the house to pick her up. Mark is pissed. Not happy. No, he like walks right into her room as she's getting ready. And she says, Mark, goddammit, told you to knock. And he says, fuck you, bitch, I did knock. (laughs) That's that's like everything (laughs) These people are in their mid to late 20s, at least, (laughs) living at their parents' house and just yelling at each other. Mark goes out to give her, uh, Marcus, a few words of encouragement for the date tonight. He says, you better not fuck her. (laughs) Or I'll fuck you up. And mom says, don't listen to him. Like, uh, do you fuck her? And Mark, right behind her back, <laughs> flips her off. Yeah, that's Mark's second flip off of going away. That's like his signature move. <laughs> Later that night, dot, dot, two dots. This was my favorite. <laughs> this was my favorite of these because it was like, so it says later that night. The interstitial title card says later that night. Dot dot. Why was that necessary? And then they show Marcus and Catherine. We like we couldn't have inferred that this was later on in their date. Like, what's happening? When is this? Who are these people? When and why these title cards pop up is it's just it makes no fucking sense. Because no. again, sometimes you just be like, wait. Have several weeks passed? Like, because they're talking about someone like, where's this guy? <laughs> like, they don't fucking know. Remember that Red Lobster parking lot? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of action. <laughs> this is where Mark and Marcus, or I mean, uh, Marcus and Catherine decide <laughs> to fuck in the yes. backseat of his car. It's not like an abandoned parking lot. They do it right in front of Mark's friends who are all they're- just standing right there. They watch them climb into the backseat. They're just like, oh, hey. 
the smart sister and that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call him. And I think his buddies called him because they knew, hey, you, you're probably going to want to watch. We know you, Mark. We know yeah, right. They're like, this Mark's been talking about this a lot. So he's going to be really into this. Um, but first, because Tim Star, Tim Star doesn't pay his, his uh, phone bills. <laughs> That's an, another hilarious thing about That's Tim how Star. you know he's a gangster. He doesn't pay his phone bill. So they're just like, he's like, oh, shit, my phone doesn't work. Check that guy and give me his phone. <laughs> and they just like steal the guy's phone because like, he's walking past. Like it has this like crazy, like dumb, dumb comedy kind of feel. And like sometimes there is like a lot of improv going on in the scene. Oh. And it, I mean, of course, it's all bad. Um, the part where the people have to fill is pretty is pretty fucking good each scene, especially with the when the two hookers come <laughs> to service the dad. Holy crap. <laughs> but I, I genuinely think that this this movie like nobody behaves this way. Like you know, they just jacked him in the one place where they always like hang out and are known. Like that's really bad criminal work. So yeah, Mark gets the call. Marcus is fucking his sister. He told him not to. So he comes at him with a sledgehammer and stomps him on the ground. Takes off with a with Catherine. Mark gets home. Gallagher on his ass. He really does. Yes. Mark gets home. And his parents are just going at it on the couch. Like, again, These they parents. Just all the freaking time. Mom um, had a nude scene at the very beginning in the mm-hmm, shower mm-hmm. that we also revisited with that uh, fa- Mark was fantasizing about her. It, you could really tell, like, w- who agreed to do nudity in this movie. Right. And, and, and that the director was probably asking everybody. You, you, <laughs> you want to? You, you, can you? You good with it? You comfortable? Cool. <laughs> Oh, but so his parents get up to go have sex, or they're going having sex, and the, <laughs> they're fucking on the couch, right? And Mark does the old classic, <laughs> throw a coin at your parents fucking on the couch move. What the hell was that? He just wanted them to stop. He wants mom for himself. It's Oedipal, don't you get it? Yeah. So the sister, she feels bad about Marcus, so she goes to the hospital. There is the most, again, you want to talk about the crazy bad improv, the exchange between her and the fucking nurse (laughs) is so fucking bonkers. So it's like, obviously, we don't have a real set. So we can't have like a desk and somebody walk up to it. We can put up some curtains around a bed. So like. They lit this fucking room. It's the sparsest white. I thought it was like. It's like when they show you heaven in, a, in an mm-hmm. old show. This looked like heaven. It's so well lit, so white, and it's so not a hospital room because Marcus is laying there with a Gatorade full IV bag <laughs> and a sleeping bag on him. <laughs> That's what they, a light blue sleeping bag is meant to recreate a hospital bed. Yes, and Catherine slips in from behind one of the curtains and says to the woman in the doctor's smock, she says yeah. something like, um, excuse me, are, are visiting hours over? And the woman in the doctor's smock is like, oh, um, um. Fake look to clock. Oh, oh, you have another hour. So, oh, so I can go see him now? <laughs> yes, you, you can go see him now. Like, it's so, like, <laughs> Just seamless, seamless stuff. That is Nichols and May level improv. Are you kidding me? That is so good. So good. (laughs) 
Oh, but anyway, she goes to Marcus's bed and she just starts crying and professing her love for him. I was like, yeah. It was only halfway into fucking you. Like, you wasn't even done with that. Like, you don't even know this guy. Like, you should I feel know. bad, but you don't have to fall in love with him. According sake. to the movie, you met him, and then 20 days later, you had your first date. Your brother almost <laughs> destroys his man's life. <laughs> Day 43. Dot, okay, dot, so dot, dot, ahead. dot. Five dots. Five dots. <laughs> So we're back in the classroom now. Mark and his friends threaten the teacher about his grades. So this this is, scene. I can't stress enough. He's 30 years old and his gang <laughs> earlier when he's talking to his gang and he's like, man, you know, Miss Cooper, that bitch threw me out. Like everybody knows this teacher. Like <laughs> yes. his, these guys have kids of their own and shit. <laughs> so they threaten the teacher. She's like, no, I can't do it. I uh, can't just change the grade. So basically, she comes up with a plan to break into the dean's office and then get on the computer and to change the grade. And they're like, okay, do it. And she's like, no, I won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, they pull out a gun. They slap her around. This is where we get the I can't believe this is happening line. And they drag her out of the classroom. That's it. That's the end of That's the scene. Th- 60 days later, dot, well, dot, 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 dot. That's where that goes next. You're just like, 60? 60? Before we leave that classroom, we have to examine on the board, there is a math problem. <laughs> X squared minus 4 over parentheticals X minus 2 times X plus 2. I mean, I was like, okay, so this is a good Will Hunting homage. Okay, I see where they're going oh, with absolutely. this. But that problem a- is impossible to solve. <laughs> <laughs> My Dr. Leakey at MIT Tommy. No, so they have that problem on the whiteboard. And then as they drag the woman out, there's two other things on the wall. One is about some author, some English author, some romance novelist, <laughs> and a thing about um, Native American Trail of Tears. Like, what class is this? What are they teaching what? in this fucking class? It's the algebra history class. <laughs> algebra history <laughs> romance novel class. <laughs> Yes, they drag her out. That scene just ends. 60 days later. 60 days later, five dots. Mom and dad are still going at it <laughs> hard, hard. I like to think they've been fucking the entire this time. Just They've had a 60-day orgasm. Them and Gwyneth Paltrow, they just did the whole fucking thing. Yeah, they yeah. are going at it hardcore. Mark is watching them with uh, what turns out to be the family knife. They only have one knife. It's the family machete is what it <laughs> it's is. The, yes, they have the one machete. What do we we got steak? We all gotta use but the same machete. This is a pretty like the mom's like, uh, deeper. Deeper. Yes. <laughs> and Mark is watching them and they yeah. almost notice him, but then mom like comes super hard. So <laughs> But look, I just realized this. So we were having like day one, day forty three. Now it's like sixty days 60 later. Sixty days later. So but now then we're at later day on. 103. But then later they say it's day 65, <laughs> two days later after this. So I'm like, what? These don't Wait, add up. So they, they Tarantino it, so he like he, he did a little back. Boop, boop, this boop, is boop. A little- yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, this is so intricately written. <laughs> oh, this is now time after the parents get done mm. fucking, it's time for the family, the family meeting. meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and dad says... Get me Mark. <laughs> Get me Mark. And they're dressing Mark down. They're like, Mark, what is this we're hearing about? You're not going to class. You're failing all your You're violent with your sister. You made threats against your teacher. And then he says, I want to see those grades. 
that's where that's where your focus went. Violence right. against the sister, threats against the teacher. But how are your grades? <laughs> Sixty days ago, I caught you spying on mom in the shower. <laughs> I want to know about your grades. What are your grades? And Mark is like, okay, I'll show you my grades. He shows them an A, and they're like, oh, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's not cool at all. Then they can't see the correlation between threatening the teacher and inexplicable good grades. Like, no, nothing there? Nothing? You know he threatened the teacher? <laughs> and you're still like, oh, teacher gave me an A, cool. But that's not the way things are resolved in the Fisher family, Dan. No. They don't. They don't logically break down arguments and lies. Things are resolved with punching because the sister rats him out, so Mark punches her. He attacks her. So dad... Says, listen, Mark. This hey, is the fucking best dialogue of all hey, time. Buddy, hey, this pal, is the best. I am a rational human being. You're a rational human being. Let's come to a rational conclusion. Let's lock ourselves in the storage <laughs> closet and we'll fight for control of the family. If loser lose, moves out, I pack my bags and you'll never see me again. Winner you fucks lose. mom. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this fucking family? Like, like, who, what man would ever Ow. say that? And then his wife Ow. is like, wait, um, what? Wait, what? what? You're gonna, what? If, huh? if you lose a fight, you're leaving us? The dad was like, when I was younger, my dad did the same thing to me. God At which point it. we have a flashback to this fight, which is a complete disaster for him. And as he says later, it was a failure all around. Like, it was uh-huh. a failure for him, for mom. It was a failure for dad. Nobody ever resolved anything. It was all bad. And mom, after hearing this, says, I just hope we're making the right decision. Like, you're not. You are not. He just said you aren't. Like, he gave you ample evidence to say that you're not. And you're just like, well, fingers crossed. Probably not going to work out. Title card, day 65, dot, dot, dot. Time for the dad and son to battle. That's what it says. Yeah. That's what it says. (laughs) I mean, that's what it fucking says. 62nd date. This is where Mark goes over to his friend's apartment and tells them that he's got to fight his fucking dad. (laughs) Okay. And this is where we find out that Tomcat is the bartender. Bartender, yeah. He gets drinks. They're like, you want drinks? Hey, get us some drinks. And so he goes and gets drinks. Now, they were not budgeted on this film for drinks. So most of them are just holding empty white styrofoam cups. Yes. And are like, wow, these are good drinks. Later on, they had the budget for two bottles of Gatorade because some people are drinking green, (laughs) some people are drinking red. (laughs) But this is where (laughs) fucking Timster really shines because he's like, so what are you going to do if you lose? And Mark's like, I'm not going to lose. But if I do, I move in here. And Timster's (laughs) like, that's what I'm talking about. The guy is so excited to have a sixth man move into his one-bedroom apartment. (laughs) He is really into it. And did you notice that whatever apartment they were filming in, whoever they let them film, it was like, no, you got to take off your shoes. Like, nobody wore their shoes in this apartment. (laughs) This badass gang. Everybody's in their sockies. Oh, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Here's the other thing is there'll be, they'll, as you said, with this day 62, there will be like a title card and then a scene like this, which is completely fucking pointless, which is the yes. scene with Bark, because it, this information gets repeated later on in the fucking thing. And then it'll go to another title card, like to here, day 65. Wait, again, no rhyme or reason. Nuh-uh. Why? Why was this day... In particular, one that you needed to single out. But yes, it's day 65, time for the dad and son to battle. 
They're walking out to the storage closet. They're ready to make this happen. Mark, being the worst person ever, isn't even like, I can't even beat my dad in a fair fight. I can't even beat my dad in an unfair fight because he just attacks him from a dot behind. (laughs) As they're walking to the closet, dad kicks his fucking ass. It's it's just one right cross and Mark goes fucking down. And he's like, I knocked his ass out. (laughs) And he's like, I want you out of here. So out, boom, Mark is out of the house. Like, you cheated and you still fucking lost. (laughs) Holy Christ. Oh, so he goes and he moves in with Timster and the gang. Uh, and Tomcat gets them some drinks. But now let's go out to the club. Uh, Tomcat, get us some drinks at the club. <laughs> Tomcat with the drinks. They're at the club, and this is, again, the budget for this movie. They like have the, There's like three empty tumblers on the table. Like from You get a four-pack at Target. They had three of them empty on the table. <laughs> so Mark sees his sister at the club with Marcus, who has apparently woken up from his coma and is all moving around again. And he right away attacks them. Right away attacks them. Um, and she breaks the the friends break it up. Uh, Marcus decides right at, right there and then. Hey, you know what? I think maybe you're not worth the effort, uh, Catherine, Mark's yes. sister. Uh, he breaks a lot up with of baggage. her. Uh, but he also says, <laughs> like, it's not just personal. It's also financial because my mom paid my medical expenses <laughs> last time I was in the hospital. But she made it very clear: if it happens again, quote, I'm on my own. Even if I'm bleeding to death, like <laughs> mom has vowed that you can never get hurt again, physically never get hurt again, or else you're cut off. Bleeding to death? Get the fuck out of here, son! <laughs> Look, I know you're allergic to bee stings, and you just been stung by three bees. That's on you, bro. You're dead. <laughs> I Marcus when he breaks up with her he he's like uh, I can't get hurt again which is like mm-hmm. if, if you see someone breaking up there or romantic they're like telling you you know I've been hurt before in, in the relationship Marcus is like no literally your brother beat me with a sledgehammer <laughs> like, really I was in a coma I shouldn't be drinking <laughs> even these lights at the club Why are kind of fucking with me this club at all Why did you bring me here um, But yeah the waitress comes to take the drink uh, order and what does Timster date say I'd like to drink your even mark the world's worst human goes what does that even mean (laughs) not so good um but yes he picks up the waitress mainly by just slipping her cash and more cash and more cash but see this is where i'm talking about like these people act like nobody no humans actually ask because tomcat's actually the one who brings the waitress over and it's like he goes all for you dog all for you delivery for you it's like (laughs) that's not human behavior (laughs) nobody does that Yes, but he keeps slipping her uh, cash, keeps slipping her ga- uh, cash, and uh, but Trigger kind of makes fun of him a little bit. He's like, wow, you know, you don't need to slip cash to a woman to pick her up. So they have a little contest to see who can pick up girls the easiest. Trigger, quote unquote, wins because a beautiful woman sidles up to him. He says, hey, what's the deal? And she's like, cool, let's get out of here and go bone. And he's like, yep, see, that's how it's done. Yep. Trigger style. So we actually follow. Okay. See, this is where the movie is just some twists, some fun, fun twists. You don't is, think uh, they're going to follow. You think this is just a comedy bit, right? No. No. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Trigger warning. We got a trigger warning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. This episode needs a trigger <laughs> warning. Holy fuck. So we go with a girl and Trigger. She takes him to an apartment. She roofies him. 
she convinces right him to in get front naked. of him. Right, like he, right he there. does not. It's almost like, hey, what are you doing getting that stuff out of the medicine cabinet? <laughs> hey, what's that pill you're putting in my drink? Where did that liquid come from in those drinks that you're mixing on the bathroom vanity? Yes. Why is it red? Uh, uh, she convinces him <laughs> to get naked and let her tie him up. At which point he says, "This better be loads of fun." <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good thing. So she's like, okay, hang on. I need to go outside for a sec. And who's waiting outside the door? A gigantic white dude. Just steroid says, Higgins. Awesome. Thank you. See you next week. And he goes in there to rape Trigger. We don't see it, but it's pretty damn obvious what happens because all of a sudden Trigger in the aftermath is naked. He is shaking. This is crying. disturbing. It's this is really so fucked disturbing. up, right? Because now a child is brought into it. Now a child's brought in. Suddenly a kid comes in and he's like, hey, some lady paid me $10 to untie you. I'm only 12 years old. <laughs> this is the actual dialogue. He's like, I don't know what's happening. I'm only 12 years old. <laughs> so break this down. Oh, no, don't break it down. Oh, my God. Did she stick around all evening or however long that guy? Because I don't assume that kid is walking around the street at yeah. midnight, 2 a.m. She just hung around where she came back? Well, at, right? It's, yeah, the logistics of that don't make any sense. But by in the storytelling sense, it, just, <laughs> it is that, so fucking This movie appalling. was made 10 years ago, so that kid's 22 now. I hope he's getting the therapy he deserves. Yeah, yeah. If not, we should really like start a GoFundMe or something to pay for that therapy. Um, sometime later, and it is not clear because a long time, days, weeks, we don't know because we don't get a title card. Again, no rhyme or reason, but all the friends are now hanging out going like, what happened to Trigger? I haven't seen him since that night. Those, that indiscriminate time ago in which a woman w- ran off with him. Um Timster and the waitress from before hey. are there together. They're making out. They're razzing him because it's oh, funny. They're just and regular guys. They're making out on the couch. Like I mean, almost like if you if you moved your leg just an inch to the left, you'd hit the next guy sitting yes. on the couch yes. with you. And they're just it's like thirteen year olds may do yeah, that. Really, that's not adult. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, but Trigger returns. Oh, Trigger's back. Some days later, uh, he tells a decidedly different story about what happened that night. In his version of it, the woman did fuck him, and in fact, a friend of hers was brought in, and they had a threesome, and it was really hot. And of course, we see it for like no reason whatsoever. It had about as much reason as being in there as uh, Timster calling the phone company and talking to some woman who says, EJ Phone Company. <laughs> yes, because he has to pay his phone bill. That's so weird. There's so much stuff like that that is just like business, like, hey, pay your phone bill. But why do we need to have a scene of him actually paying the phone bill? That's something I that could happen on later screen. on. The one, the one scene of him fucking that girl, it makes sense that it's like, oh, that's oh, right. the girl he called for his phone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because that scene is in there for no fucking reason. And that's reason. the next scene because we get a title card. 111th day, Tim Starr is boinking the girl who is on the other end of the phone. Next title card. Natalie. She says, she <laughs> says, you should call me Miss Natalie and I'll call you Mr. Dickerson. And that's that that's scene. That's it. Next, the 161st day. That's 50 days. <laughs> like 50 old days of fucking God's life. <laughs> now Mark shows up outside the house and he accosts mom. And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, mom, I'm rational. I'm chill. I miss you guys. He tries to give her a present. He tries to make amends. She's a little hesitant, but she says, okay, well, meet me next day at the coffee shop. Dad, however, hardliner. 
hard line anti mark. Title card, the very next day, dot, dot, dot. Now, you want to talk about pointless scenes? So remember they said they were going to meet in a coffee shop? So they do meet in a coffee shop. She sits down. She accepts her bag. She's like, what are you doing? Nothing. And she leaves. Like, 45 seconds, this whole fucking scene is. There's no reason for it. Title card, 180th day, dot, dot, dot. Like, what the fuck? Why? It's it's just, but it's so unsettling because in that scene when the mom gets up to get the coffee, he almost like sniffs her chair. <laughs> like that, I and I, I bet it would have been the actor who did it, not Mark. At, at that point, I think they were one and the same. You know, I think he just, he got a little too deep, <laughs> a little too deep. It was like uh, Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman. Just got, it got too real. It got too real. So he, 180th. He does say, I'm a changed oh, man. Yes. Because it's been like 94 days since he lost the fight. Roughly that, sure. Um, 180th day, dot, dot, dot. We're back at the coffee shop. Of course, it's the same coffee shop because they're not going to have two coffee shop sets in this movie. This is like a fucking Hong Sang Soo movie with all these coffee shop scenes. That's fucking ridiculous. So Marcus. Remember Marcus? Catherine's old boyfriend. So Marcus hits on another girl who is studying, this time in a coffee shop. And any sympathy you might have had for a guy who just got beat with a sledgehammer mm-hmm. in, I would say, a hate crime, uh, it's gone. It is gone by the end of the scene. Because <laughs> once again, he walks up with the line, hey, sexy. Same line he used on his sister. So this woman, turns out to be named Jennifer, she brushes him off. He says, tell me what you're studying and I'll leave you alone. She tells him. He does not leave her alone. Grabs her book. Is like, blah, 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 blah. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? He goes... I'm just trying to be nice. Like, I wanted to attack him with a sledgehammer by this point. Like, fucking, oh my, he was so gross. I hated him so much. But it works. And she's just like, okay, let's make a date for tonight. This is how fast things happen in coffee shops, man. But that wasn't a fucking coffee shop. Are you ready to have your mind blown? That was the library. That was the library? Because later on... Later on, she says, yeah, this is the guy I met at the library. <laughs> the library. Well, it was the same fucking set as the coffee shop. It, yes, it was. It was the other side of that whatever film uh, Mark and his mom met at. So back at the apartment, back at Timster's apartment. And these these gang toughs, they're just doing a little magic. Just doing a magic tricks, trick around the table. Tricks, fun stuff, yes. Um, they're, they're playing cards and Trig starts crying and the friends are like, what the fuck? Trigger's crying. What's going on, man? I love this part because Trigger starts crying and Timster being the leader, you know, he's a good leader. He's like, you want a chair, bro? <laughs> like, like that's the reason he's fucking crying. I don't have a chair. <laughs> Y'all have chairs. I don't have a chair. <laughs> Even Tomcat I'm got a stupid. chair and he gets up to get everybody drinks. When he gets up to make drinks, I'm taking his chair. <laughs> Uh, yes, so he starts crying. He goes into the bathroom. Mark follows him into the bathroom. He's like, dude, what the fuck's going on? What's going on? Like, something's obviously wrong. Trig spills it all. First, spills the whole... First almost human... The whole yeah. thing. Mark, like, fl- like, practically runs through the wall to go and tell everybody right away. He's like, your secret's safe with me. Kaboom, human-shaped form... <laughs> through the wall like and he's just like oh my god you guys this is what happens he got butt fucked (laughs) there's a tight close-up on the dandruff on mark's shoulder and as he's listening to him tell this pour this awful story out to him and then he goes out he's like 
Guys, you know that night we went to the party? Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, they always call things parties that are just like six people <laughs> dancing around to no music. You remember that night at that party? Trigger got butt fucked. Yeah, he got butt fucked by some guy. It's hilarious. Uh, Trigger comes out. is like, you told that he's all just absolutely pissed off. So, and that's it. The scene isn't really resolved in any way. No, they're just still they're hanging, just hanging out. out. Now, Quirky, we get to... I'm going to call it this my no favorite sense. scene in the film. <laughs> my favorite scene in the film. Marcus is at the park. What does he say? Two hours early. That's his line. <laughs> he just says to himself, two hours early. He sees two girls kissing in the park. Let's go check out these two babes over here. One of the babes is Mark's sister. The other babe is his date, Jennifer, the girl he just met in the library slash coffee shop. There is this the dialogue here is fucking insane. Yeah. She's like, he's yeah. the guy that I spoke about. I thought you were talking about a different Marcus. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> then there is this exchange. Jennifer says, Since you two know, why don't we have a threesome? Catherine says, that might work, except that I just started seeing your brother, Marcus. Who? Mine? Catherine. Um, I don't see anyone else around here. <laughs> Why? What? 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 <laughs> what? <laughs> There's so much in there. Oh, boy. Woo. So Marcus storms off and the girls go right back to making out. Love on a leash is like man oh, compared to this. I know. I just love the scene starts and Marcus just says to himself, two hours early. Like, what? Two hours <laughs> early. Why would you go as I were two hours early? Like, what? What's the benefit <laughs> of that? <laughs> okay. Now we meet the crime boss. You know, the big crime boss that we've heard nothing about. Oh, yeah. That, that <laughs> yes. happens now. <laughs> The crime boss, we've been hearing all this literally nothing about. First time we've ever heard of this character. But yeah, he is a little person. He's a crime boss. And he has shaken down who? Dad! Inexplicably wearing a really large necklace now. And a leather coat. And a leather coat coat and his hair is moosed. And this is just his going to meet a gangster suit. The the mob boss has a bodyguard that just I fucking adored this man. He could not stop looking in the camera <laughs> like every time he was so uneasy on on screen. Oh yeah, they go to give dad the quote VIP treatment, but who comes in? Mark. <laughs> this, this Mark is, so is just like, hey, random. what is this? You got my dad? Like you and I work together now. Person we've never met before. Also, no days have passed because there hasn't been a title card. Just, but Mark just comes in. And is like, all right, I'll take my dad's debt. My dad's forty thousand dollar debt. Yeah, dad's that forty thousand dollars. And dad says, "You're welcome back anytime." And then he leaves. And Mark <laughs> and Tim are like, "Boy, your dad's a pussy." <laughs> <laughs> Mark is. Fucking crashing at Timster's one-bedroom apartment where five other guys live. And now he's got 40K just to pay off his dad's debt. (laughs) Right? Like, just out of nowhere. So we get a title card. It's the 222nd day. That's what the title card says. It's the 222nd day, period. And it's just a scene of the sister learning that Mark is moving back home and being pissed off. Why are you letting him back home? Title card. 223rd day, dot, dot, dot. Mark moves back home. 
why did we need that information? We know. And immediately, Mark, you move some. Well, what do you know? Mark moves back home. And immediately, first thing, corners a sister in her bedroom, chokes her, and threatens her. There, there's, I counted, there's a literal uh, 85 second scene of his sister with the cry pillow sitting in her room alone. Just kind of crying and being sad that Mark's moving back in, goes out of her room, and then Mark just storms in and starts assaulting her. Title card. 240 days has gone by, period. That's what it's... (laughs) It's just like... Like, the director was like, I want to vary up the way that I do these. Like, I don't just want to say day 222. Sometimes I'll say it's the 222nd day. Sometimes I'll say 240 days has gone by. But since what? Since when? Since day one? Since day 220? So Mark, Mark, he's back home. He's got the trust again. He's on a phone call. He's on a phone call. And he's, he's saying, yeah, the beer's on the way. So are Cynthia and Tammy. <laughs> Everybody's coming over. Who is he talking? Right. When you find out what his plan was, who is who's this, he talking right? to? <laughs> like, what is why? this about? <laughs> so he leaves a beer by dad's computer. It, it pretty clearly is a Corona or Corona light. Uh, mm-hmm. Dad walks in and is like, whoa, where'd this beer come from? Remember, dad's an alcoholic or recovering alcoholic. Oh, it's this beer. Oh, my God, there's yeah. a beer here. What? Huh? <laughs> He looks at the beer. At this point, at this point, Dad hasn't touched a beer for two hundred and fifty-five <laughs> days. So we get a flashback to what it was like when he was alcoholic. <laughs> so he's an alcoholic, and Bob is saying, "Like, look at you doing yourself. You need to do your work. You need to do your work." And he says to her, <laughs> "Fuck that shit. I don't need work. <laughs> Fuck that shit." I didn't know. So we go back to prison and he says, I guess one little set won't hurt. (laughs) That was a thought that got him to think, yeah, I can have, I can handle the drink. One little sip. Or I said, fuck that shit. I don't need work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, One little sip. Dad is, has two and a half bottles of Corona or Corona light, a very low alcohol beer. He is passed out. At his computer. Again, alcoholic maybe really is just kind of a pussy. I don't know. Uh, But Mark brings in these two prostitutes. who we didn't talk about the scene of the prostitutes coming into the house and having to wait for dad to notice the beer, have a flashback, and drink two of them and then completely pass out. Their attempts to, as you said, fill space and fill time with improv is, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. They come in immediately sexually aggressive with Mark, yeah. who Mark is like, nah, nah, it's not for me, it's not for me. Let's lay down on the floor and play some cards. I'm going to go check on him. And then they try to fill. They comes back. He's not ready yet. They play some more cards. This, it's just like, what is, is like, happening? I, she actually turns to her and is like, so how are you doing? <laughs> like, like that's so what did like, you do last night? What did you do last night? Oh, you know, another job. <laughs> like, she, she says, I, what are you going to do tonight? I'm probably going to go out, have a girl's night. And then the other one's like, oh, all girls? And she's like, yeah, that's what a girl's night is. <laughs> <laughs> The 
these two people have never had a conversation in their life. These so, words are scripted, and they don't know what each other's saying. They are talking about completely different girl nights. Same language, different worlds. Yes. Um, but yeah, Mark says, go on in. Dad's ready. So these two prostitutes go up and grind up on Dad. Mom just catches them grinding up on them and it's like oh my god i can't believe it get out of the house he's like i don't know what happened the liquor found me (laughs) i've never i've nobody on earth has ever referred to corona as the liquor liquor liquor. the liquor has got a hold of me and honestly like that was the thing you could have talked your way out of dude like oh right nobody was nude there was nobody touching really each other they were just standing next to you like mark's slutty friends came over here and they're fucking with me yeah, our, <laughs> our son's a psychopath. There's ample evidence of it, <laughs> like something like that. I mean, whatever. Uh, but yeah, whatever. Uh, Dad leaves, tail between his legs. Mom is on the couch. She she's had enough of it. Mark's like, "Let me comfort you, Mom." That quickly leads to groping, wow. and she's like, "What the hell is going on?" And he's like, "I was massaging you," and she says, "On my freaking tits." <laughs> She calls Mark evil. Yeah. And his sister's like, Mom, you have to kick him out. But Mom's like, I don't know. I I I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, right. Like, she kicked out Dad for nothing. Like, just for having two women near him in the house and having two Coronas. And Mark grabbed her breasts. And she's like, man, I don't know. Also, he attacked my daughter a whole bunch of times. And I, I mean, okay, Mark's awful, right? Mark's a pretty fucking despicable human being. But the way mom and dad are so sexually on display at sure. every moment in front of them, <laughs> and they're in they're in, in their fifties. I gotta think they were much worse younger. <laughs> I understand Mark having some problems sexually. He's got some problems. Yes. Definitely. The other thing is, like when she kicks dad out and he's packing his shit to leave, she's sitting in bed reading a book, but she's wearing a very revealing nighty as she's sitting in bed. Like <laughs> that's kind of a mixed message. Like maybe she's like, "This is what you'll miss," but it's also kind of like, "I'm reading a book. I don't need you. Like I don't know." <laughs> so Mark and his friends are going to a party. Mark, hang on. First of all, Mark needs two of them to do him a favor. The favor, of course, break into my mom's house, rape her at gunpoint while I watch. No, really, that's it. That's what happens in this movie, is two of these rambunctious friends who we've been failing this entire time go to Mark's house in mass with guns and rape his mom. In front of him. In a scene, and this is not like the triggers rape scene where it's all discreetly off scene and we just see the aftermath. Oh my God, no. We see the whole thing. It is real time as shit. It is awful. So I'll be honest, I couldn't watch this really. No, I was like, how could I skipped, you? I skipped and hit 30 seconds for 30. And then you're and like, sw- it's still happening. <laughs> like, it's uh, yeah. still fucking happening. I hit it twice and it was still happening. And I swear to God, it, it, the second time I hit it, when it landed, the... They're walking up the driveway, and Mark goes, you guys are freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I had to miss something between that, right? I, there was something between – it doesn't just cut to raped woman crying on the floor to you guys are freaking awesome. Yes, and it does. Yet, it does. Yet it does. Yeah, Mark watches the whole thing, sneering and leering. Uh, they leave, and they're like, God, Mark, 
you're a real sick guy. Like yeah. the rapists are indignant. The rapists but, are looking down on Mark. Like that's how fucking bad Mark is. But they even say the dialogue in this movie. He's like, he's like it's sick is what it is. That's sick that you you watched us rape your mom. But you're the man though. You're, you're the, the man, man though, dog. Come on, let's go to the party. The party that's yeah. just us at our house. I'm gonna put my do rag on and go to this party. <laughs> party time. Like, so what the there was fuck? a scene. But we didn't talk about. There's a scene, this real quick scene that gets cut in there where the guy, a guy yells at a kid. He's like, "Hey, kid, get over here!" You oh brat. yeah. And then it's just what? What was that? Right. That was nothing. Where did that go? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of little things like that. There that was also a scene anyway. where they're all sitting at at uh, Tim Star's apartment, and it obviously jumps to like way later in the day, but everybody's in the same positions. It's supposed to be just like. Like something happened in between yeah. the two filming of that, and they tried to make it seamless. Like, but it's so much later in the day, and Tomcat is still at the fridge making <laughs> drinks. And I just like to imagine it took him all day to make his special Gatorade looking drinks. <laughs> so yeah, we're at the party now. We just go from the rape right to a, a fun party. Um, but who shows up at the party? But a different rapist. It's Triggs' rapist. And Trigg's rapists procure. They show up at a party that only Mark and his friends are at. What a coincidence. <laughs> wow. There's no one else at this party. But yeah, she sidles up to one of his friends, who I guess she didn't re- see them with Trigg at the club, uh, the previous uh, encounter. Tim Star, they all notice this. Trigger starts freaking out. They don't see that the rapist is actually there as well. Right, Timster, right next to him. Right next to him. And when well, things but, go bad, he just <laughs> does not leave. He nobody would actually it. know who he was, though, because Trigger had a blindfold on, and nobody actually saw him in the club. It wasn't... No, no, absolutely. Yeah, he's just kind of standing back, but he's he's yeah. like so conspicuous in his standing back. It's hilarious. Um, so they corner this woman. Timster says, bitch, our friend got butt-fucked because of you. <laughs> They That's slap actually, her around a little. The rapist is just battle. watching, arms folded, <laughs> just like kind of taking it all in as his procurer is, is caught. She finally spills it all and says, that's the guy. They catch him. They offer Trigg a chance at retribution. Trigg is like, I'm sure he's learned his lesson. <laughs> like, I don't think so because he came here to rape people. Uh, but Mark decides, I'm going to shoot him instead. And then The rapist... Shoots- the rapist says it wasn't personal. It's like it wasn't uh, personal. <laughs> for 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 other people in this situation, it was felt pretty personal. Uh, so yeah, Mark shoots him. This horse like, please don't shoot me. He shoots her too. Boom. So Mark comes home after having again. This is a big night for Mark because remember he oversaw the rape of his mom and then murdered two people. But you can tell when they shoots the when he shoots the woman. They told her, like, turn your head because she has a squib on her forehead, right. a little blood pack. Turn your head so it'll dribble out. So she's dead. She turns her head. It dribbles out. <laughs> and she, they're like, more, more. She turns her head more and more. So the blood flows. Like, they're like, we do not have two blood packs. <laughs> Make it work. So, yeah, Mark comes home. Mom's there. Mom wants to talk. She says, you're hardly ever here. You're, <laughs> you're doing drugs. And I was like, concentrate on like the real fucking issues here mom <laughs> like this is nothing like fucking a um he mark of course attacks them uh threatens to stab his sister with the family knife it's their one knife and he says to her i'm glad you got raped and then he spills the beans on all that he tells them i set up the whole thing and you want to know the weirdest part i watched it at which point she calls him a demon child, name of the cocktail. That's where he got his name from. Nice. Uh, and he says that he's going to lock him up and he's going to take off. 
We now cut to dad <laughs> drinking in his car, at which point he says, fuck this life. Talks to the bottle, pulls out a gun, and then they throw some red liquid on the side of the window after pulling away from the dad. Because, again, they don't have squid money for this. They just have... Exit on Mr. Fisher. Throw goo on the window. So, yeah, dad's dead. They didn't telegraph it at all either, which was kind of nice. The scene didn't open with him just saying, fuck this life. Yeah, right. (laughs) So... You remember the opening query from the IMDb intro? How bad does a person have to get before mm-hmm. God steps in and intervenes? And you would thought, well, uh, murder, uh, raping your mom, driving your dad to suicide. Those are all incorrect answers. The answer is taking money from a blind <laughs> beggar <laughs> because he does that. And suddenly... That's the last straw. God is like, I have seen exactly enough. I am stepping in now. And suddenly the beggar becomes the legend of Beggar Vance because he is just like (laughs) spewing wisdom to this guy. He says, I knew you'd do that. You're going to die if you don't listen to me. And he basically tells him his sins will all be forgiven if he just accepts the Lord. And that's it. And you're like, really? Because dude raped his mom. Yeah, right. Really? Exactly. Really, God? Like, really? Have some fucking standards. Have some standards. Really? He's just absolved because his choice of reading material changes? Yes. After doing all that? Murders two people in front of a party? And he's like, the this the blind man says, all right, something's going to happen. You're going to die tonight unless you believe. And like, like hard cut to... Him being chased by just some guy with a gun, falling on his knees and going, I'm sorry. And I the guy disappears. Was, and I thought that's that was it. Marcus. And no. I was like, no, that mo- that would be too smart for this fucking movie. No, it's just a, ra- it's a, a figure. It's a figment. It's just a guy. It's just a test. He falls on his knees. He says, I'm sorry. The guy disappears. And apparently it's all forgiven. Yep. Because title card, three weeks later, dot, dot, dot. 311th day period transformation begins dot 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 <laughs> you back can tell, at the coffee shop slash library you can tell it's day 311 yes. because amber is the color of his energy in this one <laughs> good not good <laughs> not good so we're he's back at the coffee the shop bible he's reading the, the bible and a woman, a very lovely young woman, her name is Erica, steps up to him and says, you read the Bible? I read it too. We should go to church sometime. <laughs> is is that like, what they do? Dude raped his mob. But there's like, make a date because the Bible. <laughs> like, yes. you read the Bible? That's cool. Do you rape your mom? Not a question you think you need to ask. But in this no. case, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but that's it. It's that's it. Nuts. That's his. That's that's his transformation. Like that's Mark it. Is now <laughs> like, a peaceful, the Bible. smiling, nice guy. And why can't people forgive him? So we get a title card. Fifty-four days later, which three eleven plus fifty-four does add up to three hundred sixty-five. We'll give them credit for that at least, even though this is technically like I think the five thousand eight hundred twelfth day. If you actually add it all up, whatever. It's there's a two baby. and a half. Two and a half months from him murdering two yeah. people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the night he had his mother raped yes. while he watched. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now he's just <laughs> playing dad to a kid. Yes. And he says, yes, this is Erica, and it's her baby. 
And he's, you know, he's buttoned down. He's cleaned his act up a little bit. He's wearing a collared shirt. Uh, he's smiling. And he actually says, I can't wait to get back to North Hollywood and see my old buddies. Like, really? Because, you know, two of them raped your mob. You watched it happen. Like, you watched it happen. Why? Are, I, I don't get it. Why is he so eager to like, go back and see his, like, buddies? Why are they his buddies? They go back, and it's the train wreck that it had to be. Because of course. Why did he think this would be a good fucking idea? Oh, why I would... can't wait to see my old buddies. What? Yeah. Like, they're going to be like, hey, Mark, remember that time you paid us to rape your mom? Yeah, it was like two months ago. What the fuck? And tonight your dad murdered himself as you no. murdered two people? Erica even is like, what about your mom and your sis? And, and Eric's like, or um, Mark is like, uh, I don't think they'll ever forgive me. And Erica's like, well, it's a shame that they don't know you're a changed man. Who cares? Change change. Like, Do they know fucking... you read a, the Bible now? Yeah, do they know about the Bible Fuck you. So yeah, he goes to, they take, he takes Erica and her small child to visit his friends, the gang member rapists. Uh-huh. And they offer him smokes and drinks. And he says, no, I don't do that anymore. And they say, God's made you soft, buddy. And he says, I'm different now. This piece of shit is acting smug as fuck to these people like they even the guys who raped his mom were like dismissive of him like what the fuck and suddenly he's like i read the bible three weeks ago i'm smug like fuck you and they go what happened to you and he says it's a long story it isn't no it was about 75 seconds of screen time a blind man yelled premonitions at me and now i love the bible there, that's the story. It wasn't long. It wasn't not a long story. I thought it was kind of brief. Like, what the fuck? So they're like, no, Timster, we're not going to stay with you. Like, what? Why does he want to go see Timster? I don't get it. They actually at one point are like, we should all go to church tomorrow. <laughs> like, to the Timster and the gang. <laughs> they're, of course, like, what? what? What the fuck are you talking about? They're like, yeah, come on, let's go to church. And they're just like, What? We're, we want to rob and rape people. Like, what movie have you been watching? <laughs> I don't pay my phone bill. <laughs> like, I don't even pay my phone bill. And when I do, I fuck the phone off. <laughs> like, like, the phone company operator. Like, what? Do you think I'm going to go to church tomorrow? Okay. So instead, they go and check into a hotel. The, the way this is cut is so bizarre. Because they uh-huh. walk. It, they seem to check into the hotel. Mom is there with a gun. But then it cuts to later, and mom is stomping around her house going, I'm going to fucking kill him. I'm going to fucking kill him. Uh, and as she tells uh, Catherine, Mark's in town. Mark's in town. They both start panicking. And so mom says, I got to call my friend. We can't have those detectives involved. <laughs> so she calls up her friend Val and is like, Val, a character we've never heard nothing about. She's like, Val, what do you think I should do? Okay, Val's coming over. So Val comes over. And Val says, you've got to find him before he finds you. I know how to find people. That's what I do for a living. I just need to use your computer. <laughs> this is how the people talk in this movie. So some tense internet searching later, Val says, found him. Looks like he checked into a motel. Like, how in the fuck would you possibly fucking know that? Unless you just used her laptop to hack into... Every hotel? I don't like how would she even know this? Hack into a credit card company? I don't get it. But whatever. They go to Mark's room. They knock on the door. 
we need to kill Mark. We have to kill Mark. But Erica answers the door. And Erica, because so... she's a good Christian, comes out and hugs mom. Hugs she mom. She says, he's told me so much about you. Like, are you sure? Are you sure that he's told me so much? And she says, he's changed so much. Like, he hasn't tried to rape any family members <laughs> since that night. Where he last saw any member of his family. So he's changed so fucking much. Like, how would you even know that? I know. How would you even know he was the same pussy-ass Christian fucking... A, he's like, told you everything he did, and you're still cool with bringing your child around like, this man. Yeah. And because you saw him read a book in the library. And if you knew all that, then you knew what role his friends all played, and you were like, let's bring the kid to their house as well, and like right. hang out with it. It's just... It boggles the mind. But anyway, Mark comes out of the shower, picks up the child. Like, he runs out of the shower and, like, beelines for that child, just picks it up, human shield, suddenly notices mom. This is Mom's the funniest like, fucking thing in the world. Shoots him, hits the kid. <laughs> the end. The, the end. But they're rolling around with the kid on the ground, and the kid is just like, it's like they're trying to hold his arms down because the kid's like, I don't want to lay down. But he's got a big catch up pack on the side of his muscle tee. <laughs> I know, he's like f- looking around the room like, Bob, Bob. I was why is this fucking happening? crying laughing at this part. And that's it. That's the end. They don't even linger over it. They nope. don't linger over it at all. They just see, okay, kid, boom, mark, boom, boom, done. End of movie. Mom just murdered the little kid. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I I didn't think this movie could go any more crazy, and no. it fucking did. And then in the last like five minutes, it just really like amps it up. Really amps it up. It's just all of the crazy shit that Mark does for like, this is a 108-minute movie, for the yeah. first 90-some yeah. minutes, right? And then suddenly he's like, a beggar told me, plead for my life. I pleaded for my life. I like the Bible. Why won't people forgive me? And the fact that people won't forgive me is going to ruin people's life. Like, if they would only forgive me, don't they know? Like, and the whole idea that this movie is about him trying to win them back, he makes no effort to win them back. He comes back into town, he goes and hangs out with the rapists. He's like, comes back. (laughs) He can't wait to go back and hang out with them. He can't wait to go back. Oh my God. I wrote a sketch one time, Dan. I wrote a sketch about uh, someone talking to St. Peter at the Pearly Gates, and it was about. how this guy lived a great life. He was totally good to everybody, but he never actually said the words like, I take Jesus into my heart. So he couldn't get into heaven. Meanwhile, all these like convicted serial killers were getting by because they accepted Jesus in prison and all that kind of stuff. Um, And that's kind of this movie to me. It reminded me of that. It's just like, this guy was the demon child. Like his own family just hated him because he tormented them. And then (laughs) because one bad thing happens to him, he starts reading the Bible, and then it's like, we're supposed to be like, oh, well, he's a good guy now. Yeah, that's the thing. And with no, with nothing mm-hmm. in between, with nothing to be like, all right, let's have a really long process of coming back to it. It's just like, he he accepts God. That's it. Like, that's it, right? And And everything that he's done, all of these horrible things that we've lingered over this entire time are just supposed to be like, oh, okay, he's a good guy now. He's a good guy now. So no, he whatever he, he did in the past doesn't even matter. That's the thing. He doesn't even do anything good. He just he goes doesn't. to church and reads the Bible. He just doesn't do the things you're not supposed to not do. Like, he, okay, he stopped murdering, so he's good because he stopped murdering and reads the Bible. It's like, no, you know, we're not supposed to never murder in the first place. <laughs> yeah. 
it is uh it's a disturbing disturbing film because so, uh, the tonal atrocities that are going on here the dialogue the strange pace just the fact that there's so much filler yeah in this movie and yet it also feels like just overly jam-packed at the same time like you said there's just scenes that dangle that never go anywhere and are just right there so yeah it's also very like it's moralistic it tries to be very you know with the christian message but it's also very sexually aggressive very like young man looking at women as objects yeah, absolutely. Well, and obviously the homophobia is is pretty mm-hmm. rampant, and the fact that Trigger, after he's raped, is is like very feminized. He's uh, he's like crying all the time. He's always he's shrinking away from people. He actually is like he says like the rapist learned his lesson. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, just yeah. What a gross, awful movie. But and also, it's, it's wow, supposed to be fascinating. like. Uh, Catherine, Mark's sister, she'll sleep with anybody because she yeah. dates the guy's brother, but also kissing a woman in the park. She'll sleep with anybody. Yeah. Real homophobic, too. Yeah. Ugh. Here's a here's a weird observation that kind of hit me about two-thirds of the way through the movie. Mark kind of looks like a young Tom Cruise. A, a risky business era Tom Cruise. His mouth kind of does that same thing. He's got the same hair. Catherine looks a lot like Katie Holmes. She has that same mm. angular jaw, those big Disney eyes. They were still a couple in 2011. Anything <laughs> there? Is that anything? The I don't fact know, that like Tom Cruise wants to like commit think, incest and abuse against Katie Holmes. I think Mark looks more like a, a Wes Bentley uh, who's seen some shit and. <laughs> Catherine looked kind of like a, a, a Carrie Ann Moss who was uh, had an eating disorder. <laughs> well, I think it still applies. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we give our ratings? Should we just jump None. in? None. Nothing. Nothing. We've covered it all. Corky, just to remind everyone, run-of-the-mill bad film, dare, next level bad, double dare, and a movie we actually like, reverse dare. What do you give? Deadly Attraction. Oh, it's a super double dare. It's mm. uh, I'm I'm I I like that he dared it to us because uh, it's just so fucking batshit. But it's a super double dare because it's it's awful. Mm. Uh, it, it's moralistic in the wrong ways, and uh, the writing makes no sense. Mm. The characters make no sense. The papyrus font makes no sense. If you're not Avatar, stop using papyrus. <laughs> uh, double dare. Don't watch it. Oh, absolutely agree. I mean, I will say I'm glad as a connoisseur. Yeah, yeah. Of the bad movie. I'm glad I watched it, but if you are not that same level of connoisseur, you got to stay far, far away from this movie. It is so offensive. It is so schizophrenic. It it has all of these epic ambitions, and yet it has no, like, ability whatsoever. It, it just, it seems that it was just, like, edited at random. Uh-huh. I don't know why certain scenes are in the movie. I don't know why the title screen is up at certain times and not at other times. I don't know why anything happens in this movie. It's an absolute double dare. Absolute atrocity, and yet, boy, was I fascinated. That's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel, but we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com. Be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on all those podcast apps out there. Read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website. That's daredaniel.com. Corky, you and the boys, you're heading out Mm -hmm. to a party. Mm -hmm. Six people standing in a room. Sure. Uh, you're having drinks. 
You are hitting on the waitresses. You're talking about drinking that ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got no questions for you. Just observations yeah, no, on your, you've just on your behavior. <laughs> all you did was summarize what I'm going to be doing. That's who you are and that's what you do. I'm going to have a girl's night. Yeah. That means oh, it's just a bunch, just of, girls. bunch of girls. <laughs> all right. Well, say hi to Timster for me. I will. For Dare Daniel, I am your host, Daniel Timster Barnes. And I'm Corky McDonald uh, saying two hours early. Oh, boy. One hot night coming up. Ha, <laughs> ha.